Praise God. The rest of you, go ahead and get your Bibles out. Let's go ahead and get into some word here today. Amen, amen. If you are new with us today or recently or sometime ever, if you've ever been new, <laughs> we have our welcome lunch for you today, I want to invite you to come right after this service to have lunch with me. We've got food prepared and a fork with your name on it, and uh, we'd love to have you come. Say, what's that about? Well, we want to give you the inside scoop of who we are and let you know what we're all about. And, uh, we don't have time to go over all those things every Sunday in, a, in, a, in the service, so we have this special lunch designed just for you to give you uh, all the, uh, the backstage information tell you about what's going on around here. Also, if, you, uh, if you've been here for a while and, and you're not plugged in in any way, that, that lunch also serves as a pathway for you to, to uh, plug in and get involved around here. All right? So that's also a part of that, and you're welcome to come if you're not in already uh, engaged in the house. All right. Ephesians chapter 4. If you would, if you have your Bible, got your Bible apps, uh, go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Amen, amen. We have been, the last couple weeks, uh, sharing with you a, a, a series, a new mini-series probably, called Church Checkup. All right? Church Checkup. What we've been doing is checking our vital signs as a, as a family, as a, as a, as a church. Um, we know that uh, we want to act in such a way that exhibits and produces health, just like we could compare this to the physical body. Um, we we, we want to do, do well and do the right thing as a church body, yeah? It's like the word body can be used multiple ways, you know, like a body of water or, you know, just our physical body, but the, the scriptures use that language concerning saved people, concerning God's family. We are called the body of Christ, so we want to be a healthy body, amen? Everybody with me today? Okay, and uh, uh, you know, you can do church right and you can do church wrong. It is possible to attend a church, but you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, well, actually, Paul wrote to Timothy and told, used that very language. He said, I'm writing to you so you will know how to conduct yourself in the church of God. Yeah, how, how you ought to conduct yourself. That means it's possible to conduct yourself in the church in an improper way. And, and if that's the case with anyone, then we want to help you out with that. Praise God. Just like there are, you know, if, if someone has a, a workout routine um, or they want to get in shape, how many know there are exercise strategies? Uh, if you go to a, you know, maybe a, a, a weightlifting coach or exercise coach or something they might say you should work these muscles these muscle groups together then you should let them rest for so long and then you should work on these muscle groups and there are strategies to getting in shape and you should eat these things and this will help build muscle here and you know remove the other stuff hopefully and uh, and just so just like there are strategies if you will about with resting and lifting and all that kind of stuff with the physical body, these things are also true uh, with a church family. And, uh, you know, when you're healthy physically, how many know that uh, you're quicker to fight off disease? 
you know, if bugs are floating around and they attach, the, they, they attach themselves to the healthy person, well, their immune system kicks in and it's like they bounce back super quick, right? But, it, but if something happens to someone who is very unhealthy, just sometimes just the smallest attack, the smallest problem can turn into a major problem, yeah? And we want to be a, a, health, a healthy house, so we know the enemy's against us, but he's, you know, he's defeated, uh, but we know, you know, he likes to throw curveballs to people and churches and try to destroy what they're doing. But when we're strong, we're healthy, we're together, we're functioning as one. Uh, most of those things, they just, they just roll right off us, you know, like they say, off, like water off a duck's back. And uh, just no problem whatsoever. We just keep cruising. And so we're doing this checkup today to, uh, to see where we are and to see what we can do, see how we can remain healthy and keep our church immune system real strong. If you're new with us today, welcome to surgery. Uh, normally you don't visit the the, 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 the operating room of people you don't know <laughs> uh, but here you are so get ready get ready let, let, let's look at ephesians chapter four uh, and we've been reading from this passage the last couple of weeks so let's read it again because my next point is still in here all right ephesians chapter four and and notice with me in uh, verse 11 it reads and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Everybody say, for the work of ministry. Who, who's, to, who's to be equipped for the work of ministry? Well, the Bible says here the saints are. The saints. Uh, someone uh, might say, well, I'm not a saint. Well, if you're saved, you, you are a saint. All right? Don't think of yourself as an ain't when the Lord calls you a saint. This is not something that is bestowed upon you after you die if you lived a holy life. Uh, no, it's biblically speaking, scripturally, we look in the New Covenant, we see God calls all his children saints. All right? So what are, the, what are the fivefold ministry gifts intended to do? To equip the saints, what? For what? For the work of ministry. All right, that's God's design for every single one of us to do ministry. It goes on to say, for the edifying of the body of Christ... Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Say that with me. Every part does its share. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So two, use, two phrases that are used in this passage. One is saints are equipped for the work of ministry. The other one is this, this phrase here, every part does its share. What I can see is this description of a healthy house, a healthy church, is very active. Okay? Again, just like you would say concerning someone physically, if they never moved, if all they did was lay on the couch and 
watch the TV or stare at their phone or something like that, you would say, yeah, this is not probably a good plan for your life. You should probably get up and do something. Uh, that's not a healthy practice for a human being. Likewise, it's not healthy in the church uh, environment, church culture, the body of Christ, for people to be idle. Right? But the scripture says here that in this healthy church, every part does its share. I want you to notice that we are all referred to here as a part. We're all called a part and each part has, quote, its share. So the share belongs to the part. Everyone's a part and every part has its share. It becomes the responsibility of the part to do the right thing with its share. Everybody with me? Okay, and so uh, I want to I want to illustrate this a certain way. If I could borrow uh, the front row here, all right? Can I borrow all the front row? And uh, and yeah, line up right over there. I figure anyone who sits on the front row is fair game. Because <laughs> usually people who you know they're a little bit nervous about being here. Well, you guys are in the back row, so <laughs> welcome. You're safe back there, though. So good. Uh, in the front row, you're never safe. Right. right. Uh, I want you to think about this is a, rep- a representation then of the body. Okay? Each one of these are a part of the body. And in the healthy body that we're describing here, we see that each part uh, has a share. All right? There's your share. Thank you. Okay. There's your share. There's your share. Your stuff is all fair game too, right? There's your share. And and uh, there's your share. All right. So so I, I want you to think about and consider. Uh, that the Lord has called all of us as a part of his body with the part. I mean, I think we all want to be a part because that not only includes, yay, I'm in the family. It includes heaven. It includes all the perks. It includes I have a relationship with a father who loves me, right? And, uh, and so there are all the perks. Are there. We all want to be a part, but every part has a share. The, the, the Lord has not left a part without a share. Now, all the shares look different, right? Everyone's share is not the same as everyone else's share. They all have a different function and a different purpose, but everyone is supposed to have a share. And uh, this being the case, we recognize that the share the Lord gives us literally does become ours. We're responsible for that share. And so it's not really an option where someone says, well, I don't want that share. Or can I trade my share around and get someone else's share? No, the Lord gives us each our share, and then we're supposed to do the right thing with that share. Yeah? Um, Another way to say it is this. One day, if you're a believer, you're going to stand before the Lord. In the Scripture, it's called the judgment seat of Christ, all right, or reward seat. It's not about heaven or hell at that point. It, it, It is about reward or loss of reward. 
But basically, we'll, we'll stand before the Lord, and he'll uh, say, all right, so uh, uh, you're a part. You're, you're in the family. You're here. I gave you a share. What would you do with it? And then I will be responsible to do the right thing with my share. You'll be the re- responsible before the Lord to just to answer and say, well, here's what I did with my share. Yeah? What happens sometimes in a, a church that's not very healthy, that's not really firing on all cylinders, as we say, is uh, that everyone has their share, everyone has their part, but, but sometimes this is what it looks like. is uh, these people are apart, but they just watch. <laughs> and they're happy to be here. And they may, be, they may even look at uh, the part over here that's got all their share. And, and they may even applaud him and say, oh, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's such a blessing, such a blessing. In the meantime, he's being weighed down. It's heavy. And over time, this gets hard. This gets hard, and people are appreciating him, but, but one day, come back up now, uh, one day, because all this stuff's so heavy, you know, it starts to, it's difficult, you can't carry it all, continue, because you're not graced for it, you're not designed to, to do all that, you can't, uh, you can't carry it all, and he's got his part, this is the part he's responsible for, and sometimes you're trying to do all that stuff, eventually he can't even carry his own part. And then, then one Sunday, one Sunday we, we say, hey, hey, where'd Art go this week? Someone said, ah, he must be slacking off. He, I don't know, he must not be really committed to the Lord. And, you know, but that's not the reality of what's going on. Is he's just been carrying the load. He's been doing a lot of people's parts, and he's tired now. And then we're getting on his case for slacking off. Straighten up, man. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Take your share. I, I know this. When it comes to, I'm a part of the body, and the Lord has given me a share. I, I know he doesn't want me to do everyone else's share. And that's true for any of us. Because if I stand before the Lord someday, and he says, you know, what'd you do with, with, what'd you do with your share? I say, well... You know, I was I was working on that. And I was doing that, but then I saw these other these other shares. They weren't being handled, so I had to step over there and and do that share and do that share and do that share. <laughs> I don't think that's going to fly with him. He's he's going to say, "Well, I didn't call you to do that. I didn't want you to do everybody's share. I just wanted you to do your share." Right. And you can see then how a healthy house, a healthy family, uh, people are recognizing this on a personal level, and they're saying. I'm a part. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Uh, and I have a share, and we become, you know, responsible, accountable for that share, and it makes everything work better. It makes everyone else's life easier. Everybody okay today? There's a difference between attending a church and being a part of a church where, it, where, it, where it's yours, where you own it. Um, uh, how, how many know when you attend a church, um, well, you expect certain things to be done. Maybe even without processing it, there's an expectation put on other people. There's an expectation put on 
you know, leaders and so forth. They ought to do this. They ought to provide this. I'm expecting things to be a certain way. If something is not really perfect and the way it ought to be, it, you know, the attender might be displeased with that. It's just, a, it's just a different mentality. When someone becomes a part and it is theirs, then they look at something that may be missing, something that's lacking, something that's not right, something that needs a little bit of attention. And instead of saying, uh, this place needs to get their act together, <laughs> they have a different mentality. They say, what can I do to fix that? How, how can I be a part of the solution? How can I make this, how can I make the house better? How can I make it a better place? See, it's a different mentality. And what I want, I mean, I understand people sometimes are in transition. And if that's a right transition, then, then that's, that can be the, be the Lord. But the Lord doesn't want people in transition permanently. He wants people to be settled and established and grounded. And don't let yourself be in an in a observation point of view for, for year after year. Get to a place where you say, this is, a, this is my house. This is not Pastor Mark's house. This is not someone. This is my house. This is my home. I am going to be a part of this. And uh, I think sometimes we can ask ourselves tough questions. Like, am I personally contributing to this place being healthy or unhealthy? In other words, if everyone else did church just like I do church, what kind of place would this be? Would it be a mess or would it be stronger than ever? Everybody okay? Okay with tough questions? I know sometimes individuals think, I just want to go to church and do nothing. Uh, no, you don't. You think you do, but you don't. Truly, we're not designed for that. Ultimately, that produces dissatisfaction. And if you don't know where to put your finger, meaning, I don't know what it is. Something's off. Something's missing. It's because we were designed to be a part that does our share. And there will be something lacking. I mean, again, I know there's time. There might be a period. There might be a, an interval there where someone needs to come and sit and, and do nothing and be restored and be built up and all that kind of stuff. But eventually, we'll, we'll, we will be happier when we don't think that way. And we don't want to be a part of a group that thinks like that. Where everyone says, I want to come and do nothing. No, your life is a little more valuable than that. Amen. I remember years ago uh, when I was uh, doing youth ministry, and I had a guy that was helping me. He was a great guy, and he was helping uh, me do the ministry and, and, and so forth. And I had this house, Amy and I had this house, uh, that had a, you know, a street in the front and a street in the back. And the, the, in the backyard, it was a decent depth of a backyard, but I had a cedar wood fence there that was older than us. <laughs> and uh, it had which is not very old <laughs> and uh, it had been there a while and it was I, I can remember going out there because the you know the posts were rotting out and stuff and and I'm up there propping it up because it you know it falls down not only is that bad in the general sense there's a road right behind the house <laughs> and uh, and so it's falling and finally I said you know we just need to replace that that whole thing needs to come out it's time for a new fence but I didn't have a whole lot of fence building skills um and so this guy who was helping me in the ministry um he did he was very construction minded had built fences before and i just thought i'm gonna ask uh chris chris was his name i'm gonna ask chris if he can help me out and uh and he was he was more than happy to do so you know and just as a 
really I wasn't asking him as a pastor. I was just kind of asking him as a friend, you know, can you, can you help, me, help me out? And so he came over. You know, I bought all the material and everything. We tore the old one out and put the new one up. And he knew how to make it straight, which, you know, thank you, Lord, for straight fence. And because uh, it might not have turned out that way if I'd have done it alone. <laughs> and, uh, and we're cementing the posts in and everything. And so it, took, it was a lot of work. He saved me a boatload of money uh, by helping me to do this where I didn't have to hire it done. And, uh, and, and I'm, I was just thinking the whole time, this is a real blessing to me. This was so helpful. I'm so glad he did that and helped me. And, uh, but what he said to me later on sometime was very interesting. He spoke of that experience in such, with such high regard. He said, that was such a blessing to me to do that with you. I'm thinking... What? I'm thinking, you did that for me. If anyone, I owe you. But it was almost like it was the opposite. Like, almost like he was thanking me for letting him work for me. <laughs> for free. I'm like, really, it should be the other. But it, 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 you know, it helped me to see something. How valuable it was in him to serve. For no natural reward. But just... Uh, the Lord blessed him in doing that. And it helped me to see people sometimes think, oh, I don't want to do anything, you know, that's not making money or something. I don't want to. No, you do, actually. You really do. It, it will minister to you. It will minister to others. It will make your spiritual life healthier. It will help other people. It's just there's not really a downside unless, of course, you're carrying the load of everybody else. Amen. I know back in those years, we were taking a trip one, one year, uh, on, you know, in a, like a van, a large van, had a bunch of youth, and we were going somewhere on the road, and one of the teenagers had this, this foam arm, like, a, uh, like that you would slide your arm into, and it would go on top of the arm, and it was like a muscle arm, okay? It was massive. It was ripped. It looked, it was impressive. It's like, I want that arm. <laughs> but it was just for fun. And so they had this in the van. We'd be driving down the freeway. One of them put it on, put that arm on, and you just kind of sit next to the window. <laughs> so, other, you know, other cars drive by. You know, when people are dri driving by, you kind of look over, and, <laughs> and, and people would look over and see that massive arm and be like, wow, <laughs> impressive. But, of course, it wasn't real. It's like, if you only saw the rest of the 140 pounds <laughs> of that dude that you look, looks like he's, you know, 300 and all solid rock, uh, but it was out of balance, if anything, you know, and you think about a, a body, a, a physical body would be totally, you know, lopsided, out of balance, not healthy, if that were true, if that were the case. A spiritual body, a church family is also that way. Okay, in other words, some parts are really doing really strong, the other parts are shriveling up. That's not a healthy family. Everybody okay today? Amen, amen. I don't think we want to have a large, weak church. I believe the Lord wants us to have a large, strong church. There are many, many unhealthy churches in our world today that they are struggling constantly to find people to do the ministry to serve in this area to work in this area to do the ministry over here to help over here there are 
they're constantly in this battle of trying to convince people to do something and give up a little bit of their time and their energy. That's not really uh, the church I see. That's not really the house I want to pastor. Are you with me? See, I see a church that, that, that moves more like this. They function more like this. Someone steps up, say, I'd like to help in this area and serve, and I want to give my time. So, okay, we appreciate that. That's awesome, but you're going to have to wait. <laughs> what do you mean wait? Don't you need the help? Well, we have other people serving there right now, and, and they're going to be forced to go on break here next month where we're going to ask them to take a break, and, and then you'll be able to slide into one of those spots. Instead of what often is the case, is people are begging for a break in an unhealthy situation. But how many know when every part does its share, you have to say, no, you're off for the next three months. And then you just can't wait to get back and get in there and use your gifts again and use your abilities and serve the Lord and, and help people and build a fence or whatever. But that's the way that, that's the Lord's design. Instead of people dealing with, you know, so-called burnout and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's a healthy body. Is, I've got muscles on this side and on this side. Amen, amen. And so uh, I just sometimes wonder, would the Lord want to add resources and people to a place, um, to a weak structure? Where I'm going to add more, add more, add more, and it's going to crush them because of the unhealthy structure that exists under the weight of that. I don't think he wants to add more to a culture of immaturity. It does more harm than good. We need to be together. We need to be strong. We must all contribute. We are the Lord's body, each and every one. We must take our place so the battle can be won. This is the healthy house. Let me read to you something I, I wrote down earlier, and, uh, and just, just, I'm just going to read this, okay, just so you can listen. Uh, but I wrote down these questions. I said, are you more committed to your tattoo than you are your church? Are, are you more committed to your football team than you are your spiritual family? Are you, are you more committed to the well-being of your pet than the people for whom Jesus died? And I thought, ooh, we'll just let it, you know, cut the tree down, let it lay. <laughs> Go, look with me at Acts chapter 9. I want to show you one more thing over here. Acts, the ninth chapter. Notice with me in Acts 9 and verse 36, 936, it reads, At Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Now notice what kind of woman is Tabitha Dorcas? She is a, she's full of good works. So this, they're not wasting space here in, this, in the book of Acts. Luke was writing this. He's, he's giving us a very important detail. Very necessary for this to be known. She is full of good works and charitable deeds. So that means she's a giver. She's helping people out. She's serving. She does a lot of good stuff. Uh, verse 37, but it happened in those days that she became sick and died. How many know being a, a servant in the house of God, being full of good works and charitable deeds, does not remove, remove you from the potential of anything bad ever happening. 
You know how people, this is kind of a side note, but I have to, seems like I should address it. Sometimes people say, well, so-and-so, they really got hit, or so-and-so, they passed away, so, and they were such a good person. Well, they're just not related. So why do good people die? Why do bad people die? <laughs> we're in a fallen world, and people get hit. We still need to have faith in the promises. We still need to resist the devil, and he'll flee from us. We still need to operate and receive the blessings of God. They don't automatically happen just because we're full of good works and charitable deeds. Amen. In other words, I don't, I, my, my health is not tied to my charitable deeds. It's tied to Jesus on the cross. Okay, anyway. Uh, uh, rest of verse 37. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him. Everybody say, imploring him. Not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. And when he came, he, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made. So, charitable woman, lots of good works. She makes tunics and garment, garments. And they're like, she's gone! <laughs> And this is what she made for us. And maybe there's a little bit of, we need her. Where are we going to get our tunics and garments if she's gone? While she was with them, verse 40. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed and turning to the body and said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And, and uh, then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Now, here, here's the point. You might say, what in the world does that have to do with all we're talking about here today? Well, one thing that, that jumps out at me is the great effort that these people went to to keep Tabitha with them. And multiple times it's mentioned about all the good things that she did. So when she passed away they uh, held nothing back they said we have got to do something about this let's and I hear Peter's over there Peter can help go get Peter I imagine Peter's busy Peter's got a lot on his plate he's got a lot of things to do but they said and they convinced him they implored him they convinced Peter to come and when he came she was raised back up and brought back to life here's the question if, if one of us dies, uh, does everybody else stop? Does everybody else say, whoa, absolutely not. We are, going to, we are going to do whatever we can. We'll get the right people in the room. We are going to make sure that this person stays here. They're too young. This is too early. This is not right. We are not going to put up with this. Or do we say, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, I'm sure Tabitha, you know, had a great, glorious uh, welcoming party in heaven, and we'll see her again someday. And uh, see, let me say this another way. Hopefully, we know our value to God, meaning we can measure the value of our lives by the price paid for us 
That's the blood of Jesus. That's God's own son dying for us. You are of great value to him. But that doesn't mean we're going to raise you from the dead. (laughs) What Tabitha had was not only great value to God, but she had great value to the people around her. And I don't want anyone to be in such a place where they could go missing and we don't even notice. I don't want anyone to, to, to go missing, whether it's through death or something else. And it's like, yeah, things roll on as normal, no concern. We'll just, you know, since they didn't make any garments and tunics, uh, we'll be fine. But when every part does its share, when that part goes missing, the rest of the parts go, ah. Ah, oh, man, we needed her. Man, she's, ah. Oh. And it's not just an emotional attachment. It's like they carry great weight and great value to what we're doing. This person is going to be very difficult to replace. And I think all of us have the potential of walking in the full plan and calling of God for our own lives that we carry that weight with the people around us. What do you mean? With the body, with the family. This leg goes missing, everyone's gonna, everyone else in the body is going to know about it. Because now we're hopping without her. Everybody okay? Why should I do my share? Number one, because someone else is doing it for me. Why should I do my share? Because this is my church and I want it to succeed. Why should I do my share? Because Jesus modeled this servant's heart. When he said, uh, you know, when he said in Matthew 20, he didn't come to, to serve, uh, or to be served, but to serve. Amen. Why, why should I do my share? Because full satisfaction doesn't come until it flows through us, not just to us. Why should I do my share? Because I'm going to be rewarded for what I do. As I was uh, praying and, and, and considering these things, I, I was drawn to the passage over in Galatians where it talks about Peter and James and John and how they were pillars in the church. It uses that language, that they were pillars. You think about what a pillar is. A, a, a pillar is necessary for support in a certain type of structure. You have to have strong pillars or the roof is going to cave in. Remember Samson and his 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 deal knocking down the pillars um you need in a physical structure strong support systems you need in a healthy church strong pillars who are those pillars? those are people those are people who stand in the middle of the storm those are people who are not easily moved they're not swayed by winds of doctrine. They're not, they're not moved around by, by circumstances. They're strong in the middle of it. And I recognize that it seemed that even as I would speak here today, that the Lord would deal with individuals. And they would know, I should be a pillar. I should be one of those strong people in this house. I should be one that when others are struggling or new people or young in the Lord... You know, baby Christians, they come and they need someone to lean on. 
where they might, they might need some support. I can be one of those people who are strong. And they can lean on me because my relationship with God is strong. Because I'm in my place doing my part, fulfilling my role. Everybody with me? And so I don't know what, what, what's stirring in your heart even today. Might the Lord be dealing with you to say, you're a pillar in this house. That's what I've called you to be. I've called you to be strong. I've called you to be something that this house can be built upon. I know for certain that this work is not an, uh, an idea of man. It's certainly not just concocted in my own brain because I, I can't do this. I know it's a, th a work of God. And I know that we're only beginning, even after all these years, that we're only beginning, that there is so much more. There is so much influence. He wants to use us to change the world. And in this, in this house, it must be a healthy house. It must be a strong structure. There must be pillars who are solid as a rock so he can increase and add to. And his glory can abide in us, not just individually, but in us corporately. And amen. And that the calling doesn't exceed the character. And we can handle more and more and more of God's blessing and power and influence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder who will be solid, dependable, reliable. Who will be strong in the midst of this, this deal we're doing. Amen.